Content provided by the people. Right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, April 26th. If you're into hunting black bears, it's almost time to get a permit. The Missouri Department of Conservation will offer 400 permits for the taking of up to 40 black bears during the black bear hunting season in October. MDC will offer five permits to hunt bulk elk in Missouri this fall. Now, the application period is May 1st through the 31st. All permits will be assigned through a random drawing. A Richland man was seriously injured Saturday in a crash on Four Corners Road. Highway Patrol says 59-year-old Jeffrey Scott was driving an ATV when it started sliding. The vehicle traveled off the road, hit a ditch, and overturned. Scott sustained serious injuries. He was life-flighted to Mercy Hospital in Springfield. Lake of the Ozarks Food Truck Festival is back this weekend at Osage Beach City Park. The event will include food trucks, face painters, live music, bounce houses, and much more. The festival runs from 11 in the morning until 7 in the evening, Saturday and Sunday. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. We've got uh, plenty of high school baseball today. Action last night saw Eldon lose to Hallsville 8-4, so the Mustangs are 13-8 and on the season now. Osage falls to 4-12, and losing to California 8-1. And Versailles falls to 6-12, and losing to Blair Oaks 10-0. Today's action, 20-3 and Camdenton on the road to play Boonville. Lakers with a great season going on. It is uh, Versailles at 6-12 and 12 at home against South Callaway today and more action to come on Thursday and Friday. College baseball, a huge win for the MSU Bears last night. They have won 10 of 12 after beating 7th ranked Arkansas 8-4 to four last night. So the Bears are now 23-16. and 16. They play at Central Arkansas today. Now the Mizzou Tigers 23-16. and 16. They will play today at Southern Illinois. As for softball, the MSU ladies 30 and 20 after beating Southern Illinois 8 to 1 last night, and the MSU ladies 27 and 16. They've won 19 of their last 20. They are at home against Southern Illinois tonight. Major League Baseball, the Cardinals lose in the ninth inning on a walk-off two-run homer to the Giants 5-4. So the Cardinals 9 and 15. The Royals are 6 and 18 after beating Arizona last night. 
They will play the rubber game of that series today. Tomorrow night, it's the NFL Draft. The Chiefs have uh, a pick in the first round at the end of the round after winning the Super Bowl, of course. Going into the draft, the Chiefs will have uh, 10 picks. I'm sure they will trade some of those. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. Be sure to check them out, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris from Slumberland Furniture. They talk about what's going on at the lake. Check that out every day at 802, 102, and 802. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. Winter, spring, summer, fall, Lake TV's got it all, including five local talk shows to keep you informed and entertained. You can also see local high school football in the fall and basketball in the winter. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. And if you haven't liked Lake TV on Facebook, be sure you do that too. Key Radio keeps you in the know as we make improvements to better serve you. Because many of you listen online, we've re-engineered our website. You get there on the web at keyradio.live or through our iPhone and Android apps, Key Radio, K-E-Y-K. From the app, click the WWW Globe symbol to see our full site. There you can listen to live radio or call KB during the daily show or see our schedule. And don't forget that beautiful donate button. Then there are menus. Click News Weather to get your daily dose of what's happening. You can also drill down in the Key Radio link to learn all about your favorite shows, make a donation, or sponsor a show. You can also read Bill's blog and follow the social media links. And notice how we highlight our sponsors on each page. It's all at your fingertips, whether you have a laptop, tablet, or smartphone. It's all part of how Key Radio, K-E-Y-K staff wants to serve you. Key Radio keeps you in the know. Join the Ozark Brush and Pellet Club for their monthly meetings at the Camdenton United Methodist Church on the first Thursday of every month at 7 p.m. Meetings are free to attend and open to the public for anyone interested in creating art. Call Terry Cochran at 573-480-8498 for information. This message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK 89.3 FM.
If you'd like to become a content provider, simply contact the Lakes Community Radio Station at 89.3, The Key. Well, it is 808, and we're certainly glad to have you with us. Another beautiful day at the lake. My goodness, we are just being treated to some incredible weather. As of right now, we are at 49 degrees in Osage Beach with plenty of sunshine. It looks as though we're going to hit a high of around 70, a mix of clouds and sun during the Morning giving way to a cloudy sky this afternoon. Clouds in 52 tonight. Looks like uh, rain in the forecast for us tomorrow will only hit a high of about 58 degrees. And about an 80% chance for the wet stuff tomorrow. Partly cloudy in 70 on Friday. We've got another beautiful weekend ahead of us. Partly cloudy in 69 on Saturday. Sunny in 65 on Sunday. And then some very nice weather for us uh, to start getting a little closer to the warmer months, the warmer temps. As we uh, get into the uh, first full week of the month of May, looks like uh, a lot of uh, mid to upper 70s, some low 80s for us next week. So whatever you're doing, carry on and uh, enjoy. Lake level at 656.63, river level at 553.53, surface water temp at 57. Good morning, Delta, my sweetie. And uh, her friend Crystal is in town, and we will all be working over at Camille's house later today to get Camille's house ready because Camille is having uh, her sister's gathering. (laughs) And so she is uh, getting the place all spruced up and ready to go, and uh, and we're helping her out courtesy of uh, Stafford Home Services. So there you go. Nice little plug. Also want to send a shout-out to my uh, my good buddy Matt Phillips over there at Culligan Lake of the Ozarks. Matt and the entire staff doing an incredible job, as always, of taking care of folks with that high-quality H2O. Yes, indeed. They uh, provide a lot of different services. And I'll tell you what, as we do get into the warmer months, you always need to stay hydrated. But as we get into the warmer months, you got to think that, uh, you know, having some nice cold Culligan water, uh, you can get it in the bottles, you can get it in the jugs, you can have a cooler in your home, you can have the reverse osmosis system, you can get water softeners of all sizes and shapes that will cover not only your personal use, but on the professional level, maybe get one in your business as well as your home. And they will take care of you. The lovely Penny will come out and take a look around and uh, test your water and then give you the analysis and let you know what the good folks at Culligan Lake at the Ozarks can do just for you. Whether, as I said, it's your home or your business, the folks at Culligan, they've got it going on. 573-346-5221. Give them a call. Also wanted to uh, send a shout-out to the Kiwanis Club of Camdenton. Their spaghetti dinner is coming up on Friday, May the 12th. Raise a fork for Lake Area Children. The fundraiser with adults, $10. Children, 12 and under, $5. Enjoy spaghetti, salad, garlic bread, dessert, and a beverage served by the Kiwanis members. It will be from 4 until 7 at RJ Family Restaurant on West 54 in Camdenton. If you'd like more information, a couple of uh, contacts. You can talk to Tim Scott at 216-1932-573-216-1932 or Clayton Rogers at 573-346-7765-346-7765. And, of course, the Kiwanis Clubs uh, around the lake area doing great things and always focusing on those folks who uh, could use some help. 
Again, that's Friday, May the 12th. RJ's Family Restaurant, 4 until 7 for that great Kiwanis Club of Camdenton Spaghetti Dinner. The fundraiser, $10 for adults, children 12 and under 5 bucks, and a great spread over there at RJ's. And I would imagine if RJ's has a hand in it, it is going to be delicious. 8-11 is our time. Coming up next hour, we'll talk to Professor Jim Paisley. The good professor will join us to talk equity and the history of equity. There's a lot of things, of course, as we're hearing about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. It's all about uh, making sure everybody gets on board and everybody has that warm, fuzzy feeling that we're all loving and enjoying and uh, making sure, you know, everybody gets a piece of the pie. It's not so much about working for it any longer. It's about uh, just including everyone, regardless of your ability, regardless of your skill level. Uh, it just, uh, I guess, you know, it's it, it, it's all about making sure that everybody gets to ride the equity train. So looking forward to the uh, Weekly visit from the good professor. Tune in. And don't forget his website, truehistoryprofessor.com. Joined alongside by a gentleman I have not had the pleasure of uh, of talking with in quite a while. You probably know him if you've uh, lived in Camdenton or around the Lake Area for any amount of time. Don Barrett joining us on Key Radio and The Daily Show. Don, great to see you again, my friend. Great to be seen. Good to see you too, my friend. <laughs> great to be seen. Absolutely. It is so great to be seen. Because sometimes people don't see you for a while. You drop off the earth, and my goodness, uh, there is a lot going on with uh, this SitCat group that we've talked about. And and so for folks who maybe don't know about it, <clears throat> let's take a little time this morning before we get into the most recent get-together, and you told me there's some shocking news out there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what is going on here and to familiarize people because we do have people that actually listen to what's going on here outside of the area. Well, it's a, we have a a fluid situation, I should say fluid. We have a manufacturing plant in this town that repaired radiators, built radiators, heater cores, things like that during the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Sunstrand, Modine, and Dawson started it in the 60s. And the chemical that they used to clean the joints with was TCE. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, now they bought, and they know about 1.2 million gallons that was dumped in the area, but they don't know where it all went because it was carried out. In the 60s, it wasn't illegal to dump it mm-hmm. because, well, OSHA wasn't around, and there really wasn't any warnings on the drums. But people that worked there knew it because they had scars on their arms from the heat and things. But it, later, it became apparent that it was bad and cancer-causing. They dumped it anyway. It was hidden. It dumped in several different sites over the area that we found, thanks to the people that actually were involved in some of the dumping that have, been, that have come forward and helped us find these dump spots. But we have responsible parties. Modine, Sunstrand, and the city of Camdenton are responsible for this cleanup. If we didn't have a responsible party, then we would have uh, federal government would come in and help us mm-hmm. with the cleanup. But since we have responsible parties, then we have to deal with all three of those, and DNR does that, and they have to decide on who's paying for what part of the cleanup, which is frustrating for me because... When you say city of Camden, where do they get their money? Taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so their part in this was they would turn off the valves going into the their sewer treatment plant and let this poison dump straight into the lake, which is a bad thing. I mean, 
they didn't want to kill on their their bacteria in their sewer treatment plant. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a little history of it. But under the plant, it, the, most of this stuff was dumped outside the door, 55-gallon drums of it. There was a fire there at one point in the 70s where they had to shut down the town of Lynn Creek. The smoke that came out of it was so bad. People were inhaling it, cleaning this stuff. And they they shut down the plant, but they moved it out to where the uh, Jack Dickerson's building is on 54 West. Mm-hmm. And they moved the, the whole thing out there to do their cleaning so they could keep going. Well, they kept dumping out there, too. So that's a big cleanup spot. And we have air purifiers running out there now. We've got that where it's safe to be in the building. I don't I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars has been spent doing this, but a lot. So anyway, we're, that brings us to the future. Right now, the future is not good, but it brings to the point. Now, the building was purchased from the bank. That The building ended up going back to the bank as a repo. A guy from Oklahoma bought it. Mm-hmm. He wanted to put a marijuana growing facility in there. Right. Well, they couldn't make the air pure, pure enough for people to work in. Then this gentleman had an unfortunate accident and died in a plane crash about a year ago. So his family, his heirs, are not really interested in continuing what his dream was. So they just want to sell it. They can't sell it because they can't make it safe. So now Modine is resuming this responsibility of getting it clean in there. So they're drilling holes. And we've been through a lot of scenarios on how to clean it up, tear the building down, clean up the dirt which is my my preserve my, my opinion should have happened way long time ago right. but now we're going to spend a million and a half dollars modine is going to spend a million and a half dollars to drill holes in the floor pump hot water into the ground and it's going to make the tce come out of the ground as vapor and dissipate which tce is kind of like rubbing alcohol it dissipates pretty quick nobody knows how much of this stuff is still under the building though there's no x-ray vision and i and i just said i the last meeting i said well why can't we just tear this down and get rid of it well then we're faced with the responsibility of to moving this dirt somebody else's problem to get it cleaned up and i said well at times beach they moved a big incinerator in and, mm-hmm. and burn it i said why can't we do that well, they didn't know. They, it burns different than dioxin. So they, they can't really burn it, but but we can blow it in the air with hot hot water, which is confusing to me. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little confusing. And and they're worried about if we take the building down, the concrete down, if it rains, it's going to go down in the ground further. It's liquid anyway. It's heavier than water. It's going into the ground. So common sense really hasn't entered into what's going on. And it's not. We're just throwing good money after bad, and if if Modine comes in and does a test in one drill hole, the results has to go to DNR. DNR has to make a decision whether it's right or wrong. If there's a comma out of place or a T not cross, it goes back to Modine, and, and we're looking at months of a test. And when we got down to the fact that this is going to be done, the floor is going. They got they got it's a huge building, and over half of it's going to have holes drilled in the floor, and all this huge equipment brought in. We're looking at two years to get started to clean up. It may be done in five years, and it may not even work. Does that sound like a plan? Uh, it sounds like a roll of the dice. It is, and it's 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 so frustrating for me and for the other members on the, the Kit Kat also. We're all getting old. I mean, I'm the youngest guy there, and I'm 73. 
So I, it looks like they're just waiting for us to die. Mm. And, and a lot of people are dying. Away. Yeah, they are. I mean, well, that's initially, I think, what kind of started all this, because there was uh, talk of a number of people that work at the plant, uh, certainly people that live in the area that have been affected by this groundwater. And that's where things really started to kind of germinate as far as how uh, attention was brought to the whole scenario. I have attended uh, a few of your meetings early on when this first started. And it's nice to see that folks haven't, you know, completely and totally lost interest in it, that there are still a group of people that are dedicated to making sure that something is done about this. But as you said, it seems like they're just kind of uh, kicking the can down the road at this particular point with no real solution, um, but a lot of money being spent on no real solution. And I don't necessarily know if that is is the right way to do it, but we find uh, in certain times that that is the way they do things. And uh, it seems like there are a lot of unknowns with this, Don, a, a whole lot of unknowns. Number one, what's going to happen uh, to this particular facility? Uh, number two, how to properly handle it and take care of it and eliminate it? And three, is it continuing to have a presence in uh, the water uh, that people drink? Uh, the water that uh, makes its way into the lake. And I guess the only real way to find out is to get people on board. Um, interestingly enough, how, uh, you know, how has uh, the media been in terms of trying to help you get the information out? I know that uh, I've interviewed you several times and some of the other members of the SITCAT group, but we just don't kind of see the attention uh, that uh, I, I guess uh, a lot of people feel that this uh, particular situation merits. We had a, uh, a public comment time. Uh, DNR put out set three or four different options in how to take care of this problem. Their their number one option was to do, like I said, to drill in the hole and do the steam thing. But they had a couple other options, and they put it out for public comment. And I asked where they're putting the notification for public comment. Mm-hmm. And the local newspaper. Ah, we've had this discussion before with Camden County. So, Camden County government. Right. And it's it's really hard, even in being in business, it's so hard to advertise because right. so many people, different, different mediums, uh, they don't listen to the radio or they don't read the paper. You can't afford TV. But how do you get the word out to people? You know, it's word of mouth <clears throat> is about the best way. But, you know, to get when we got all this started, James Gohagan and I, we we were trying our best to get this out to the public. So we had a <laughs> we had a demonstration on the square. That's how we got DNR back involved with this thing. We had people standing up there with signs, and and uh, it made the the TV. And so DNR finally came back involved with getting this cleanup. But uh, James is an investigator. Let me tell you, he he brought up a lot of this stuff in black and writing that was that nobody knew about mm. that's been in, in, in hiding since the 60s and 70s. And he dug it all out, and they, so they had to they had to address it. But we got the Mulberry Well finally offline. It cannot be put back online. It was put back online twice because the other towers were out of water. So they pumped poison water back into the city of Camden, and, and it's in writing. It's not. I'm not saying anything out of school here. Um, but they, t- they told their employees not to drink the water, do you drink bottled water? Mm-hmm. But they didn't tell anybody else in the city that. Oh, 
That's kind of a bad thing. So that's why they're not a yeah. responsible party. Sounds yeah. like a bit of a hush campaign. It's what, and that's true, and, and that's what we're fighting all the way through. And people that live around that, their 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 properties, they can't sell it. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, supposedly they're putting all these places in that helps you know these systems in the houses that gets the air moving and gets rid of the piece the TCE. Well, now we found four new wells in Camdenton, north of the. Uh, plant that's contaminated they went up and, tra- and went into private wells well they found those well the, the aquifer flows north to south mm-hmm. so there has to be another source of tce for those wells to be contaminated and they're contaminated bad enough they had to put systems in them you, c- you can use a lead a type of filter that removes lead and it removes the tce in their homes but yeah that's kind of a frightening thing i mean if it's still getting in the water, but we te- there is test water tests weekly in Camdenton on all our wells now, so mm-hmm. we're not we're not drinking bad water. I mean, we know that. So, did your organization have any legal representation? No, no. And have you reached out to anyone to try and uh, obtain some legal representation? We haven't, and we probably should. Yeah, I would say because uh, now I'm just going on. Uh, on something based on what I've seen, but you know they had the uh, the big issue with the army base, and you saw commercials all over the place, and you heard them on the radio, and you saw them on TV, and you saw them on social media, and you saw them just about everywhere. And I wonder if this isn't a good way to uh, kind of stir the pot a little bit. Uh, that's a good idea because uh, that's all you see is that Alabama wasn't in Alabama where they had that. Uh, it was base. Camp Lejeune. Yeah, Camp Lejeune. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it seems to me that, uh, again, um, you know, unless somebody's making a pretty big stink about it, uh, a lot of folks are, I, I don't want to say they're trying to brush it under the carpet, but essentially uh, not a whole lot is, is being done, and what is being done is uh, not necessarily successful. And Modine has got a history of this because I believe there was another plant back in Illinois where they had some issues as well. Um Sunstrand moved their whole operation to Mexico and continued as planned. Mm-hmm. They're still operating in Mexico. They moved the people that worked here, helped move all the whole everything to Mexico, right. and they're still dumping. Well, that should be interesting for those people. It'd be, uh, you know, it, it, it would be, I think, maybe worth your while to reach out to those folks down there and see if, uh, indeed, anyone is having issues health-wise. I mean, obviously, the biggest indicator the key indicator would be people with health problems and we know that uh, that has certainly happened here locally now the thing about some of this as we we sit here and discuss it this morning is just exactly you know what those health problems are can they be traced back to what happened at the uh, the plant there the modine plant in in camdenton and i think some of those uh uh, some of those things uh, can be traced back to there. Uh, essentially, uh, you know, you were looking for people at one point that used to work there, and uh, some of those people had passed away, and it was, uh, I guess, uh, an opportunity to maybe uh, look at an autopsy or something along those lines and, and get a, a basic reasoning or a, a basic understanding of, you know what was it? Uh, re- what was their death related to? Was it cancer? And if so, was it cancer caused by the TCE? Um, and then, of course, people that live around there locally. Yeah. Well, you know, we had a, a health study. The state health department 
put this out, but you got to know that that building, that plant was running 24-7. They had 600 employees, and over half were not from Camden County. They were they were coming in from Lebanon. They were coming in from uh, Springfield, right. you know, everywhere, and it was really hard to keep up with. And they, like I say, they've got older and they've died of something. Well, then you reach out to the people, the family. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to know their name, all this information that they don't want to divulge, the private information on how they died and where they're buried and, and things like that. So that the health study just went nowhere, and that should have been done 30 years ago, but it wasn't. Right. And so it's really hard to even say that we have a nest of cancer-causing agents killing people in Camden County. Right. So we're kind of at a dead end there, and and I guess what's left for it is to clean it up. But we have a, one branch of DNR called Ricula that takes care of the inside of the building, and another branch of DNR called Circula that takes care of everything else, the dirt right. around it. So nothing's been done to the dirt around the plant. They're working on getting the plant usable for private enterprise to be able to occupy the building. That that kind of sticks in my crawl. Sure, I can understand it. That. It does. I mean, again, DNR is not paying for it, but they're letting, well, not letting, they're having Modine pay to have it done. Why would Modine put a million and a half dollars into a plant that they don't own to fix it for another person that owns it? It looks to me like it's like this is the cheapest way out. Right. Does, I mean, it, if it walks like a duck. It just is it's so confusing to me. Well, as we know, I think uh, a lot of people realize and understand back in the you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, people were dumping all kinds of things. And uh, we are still finding things to this day. I remember the uh, fact that they went out and looked at uh, a mine shaft in Colorado and found some uh, drums of things. And, of course, we're talking about the uh, uh, World War II uh, issue that uh, is affecting the uh, school in St. Louis, Jana right. School. And I know that area very well because I grew up right around there, so I, uh, I I can kind of relate to that. But at the same time, you've got people who've lived and worked in this area. There are uh, noticeable uh, issues with people that have gone through uh, various problems health-wise. And there's a lot of different things that we need to discuss. And I'll tell you what, Don, if you stick around here with me, we'll uh, talk about the most recent meeting. And as you said, uh, some some information that may shock people a little bit. Uh, we will talk about all that on the other side of our break. And our break consists of uh, the help of our great media partners. And that would be Stacy Johnson and the folks from LakeExpo.com, Chris Schneider, and Lake TV. We've got local news, we've got sports, and we've got more of The Daily Show coming up right here on Key Radio. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, April 26th. If you're into hunting black bears, it's almost time to get a permit. The Missouri Department of Conservation will offer 400 permits for the taking of up to 40 black bears during the black bear hunting season in October. MDC will offer five permits to hunt bulk elk in Missouri this fall. Now, the application period is May 1st through the 31st. All permits will be assigned through a random drawing. 
A Richland man was seriously injured Saturday in a crash on Four Corners Road. Highway Patrol says 59-year-old Jeffrey Scott was driving an ATV when it started sliding. The vehicle traveled off the road, hit a ditch, and overturned. Scott sustained serious injuries. He was life-flighted to Mercy Hospital in Springfield. Lake of the Ozarks Food Truck Festival is back this weekend at Osage Beach City Park. The event will include food trucks, face painters, live music, bounce houses, and much more. The festival runs from 11 in the morning until 7 in the evening, Saturday and Sunday. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Key Radio needs business content and we make broadcast time affordable. Instead of merely advertising, create an hour or half hour weekly radio show to inform potential customers about your products and services. Then post the podcast to your social media page to make it work for you. We are non-commercial, so no direct selling is allowed. But use your time to educate and inform. For a small extra cost, you can be an underwriter and have your messaging play all week long. Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. We've got uh, plenty of high school baseball today. Action last night saw Eldon lose to Hallsville 8-4, so the Mustangs are 13-8 and on the season now. Osage falls to 4-12, and losing to California 8-1. And Versailles falls to 6-12, and losing to Blair Oaks 10-0. Today's action, 20-3 and Camdenton on the road to play Boonville. Lakers with a great season going on. It is uh, Versailles at 6-12 at home against South Callaway today and more action to come on Thursday and Friday. College baseball, a huge win for the MSU Bears last night. They have won 10 of 12 after beating 7th-ranked Arkansas 8-4 last night. So the Bears are now 23-16. They play at Central Arkansas today. Now the Mizzou Tigers, 23-16. They will play today at Southern Illinois. As for softball, the MSU ladies 30 and 20 after beating Southern Illinois 8 to 1 last night, and the MSU ladies 27 and 16. They've won 19 of their last 20. They are at home against Southern Illinois tonight. Major League Baseball: the Cardinals lose in the ninth inning on a walk-off two-run homer to the Giants 5-4. So the Cardinals 9 and 15. The Royals are 6 and 18 after beating Arizona last night. They will play. The the rubber game of that series today. Tomorrow night, it's the NFL Draft. The Chiefs have uh, a pick in the first round at the end of the round after winning the Super Bowl, of course. Going into the draft, the Chiefs will have a 10 picks. I'm sure they will trade some of those. Lake TV brings you five local Lake Area shows. Be sure to check them out, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris from Slumberland Furniture. They talk about what's going on at the lake. Check that out every day at 802, 102, and 802. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. There is a saying that there is no free lunch, meaning there is a cost to everything, even when it appears to be free. Your free account on social media costs you invisible connections to companies trying to sell you stuff. So it is, even with Key Radio, because there are costs to bring you local programming and we need your help to pay the bills. 
If you love our purpose, please donate. If you need to use advertising dollars, Key Radio can give you a promotional benefit of sponsorship underwriting. Key Radio features programs in every area of life, politics, business, family, entertainment, education, faith, and media. In Christian circles, we refer to this as the Seven Mountains. We don't relegate any of these subjects to once a week, and we seek content rooted in truth more than opinion. If you have a message to get across, contact Bill M. at OrionCenter.org to talk about how Key Radio can help. I'm Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. I see a lot of discussion in social media about the future of the church and how to make Christianity more attractive to the next generation. Many years ago, Dr. Francis Schaefer created a book and documentary film titled How Should We Then Live? The series told about the rise of Western civilization under the influence of biblical Christianity and its subsequent decline as Christian influence waned. Dr. Schaefer prophetically predicted the rise of a manipulative elite to replace the Christian consensus, a future then that we are living now. He concluded that the only hope to restore the freedoms afforded by following the Lord was for people to restore their individual commitment to the truths of God, that he is real and has spoken clearly and that we are privileged to honor him and spread the gospel. The issue is not how to make the gospel acceptable to the next generation. We have to make the gospel real to the next generation by boldly proclaiming even unpopular truths and by living the truth and conquering the dark influences in the world today. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now has kind of taken advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor program on 89.3 The Key. If you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3 The Key. 838, we welcome you back to The Daily Show on the program tomorrow. We'll get Mindy Sales in here in hour number one, also Danny Ellison on the program. We will talk to a member of uh, Concerned Women for America of Missouri on uh, Friday morning at 810. I believe her name is Tracy Lewis. We'll also be talking with Dave Moffin and get caught up. Dave's been gone. Uh, he'll uh, be back with us uh, after a, a little time, as they say, being on assignment and we'll uh, talk with him and uh, get uh, his take on what's been going on here locally with Camden County Commission meetings, school board meetings. Sometimes he goes to those special road district meetings. You never know where Dave is at and what he's doing and what he's covering, but he is covering it to make sure that you have a working knowledge of what's going on right here in your own backyard at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks, and make sure you catch his blog among the dogwoods. Some future guests we're looking at uh, having on, Sean Cober. And uh, I was uh, talking to Sean uh, on Facebook uh, yesterday, and he's going to come in and update us on the... uh, 
video game that he and some folks have been working on that uh, is directly related to the Lake of the Ozarks. It's kind of a cool game, and we'll find out uh, the progress of that game when we talk to Sean, hopefully uh, probably around the first of next week. Anne-Marie Bianchi will be back on. I'd like to get uh, Laura Burns on, uh, too. It's been uh, probably a little uh, over a month or so ago that we had an opportunity to uh, find out about this dream that Laura has had for quite some time and some other concerned citizens. They'd like to put in what is uh, essentially uh, fairgrounds. And uh, these fairgrounds, about five miles uh, south of Camdenton, off of Highway 5, uh, right around uh, Dry Hollow Road, that particular area, they've got some acreage that they'd like to build on. They've got a perfect plan to do all of this. And it would offer so many opportunities for people in and around uh, this area, certainly kids that are involved in FFA and 4-H would have a place to go, uh, wouldn't have to uh, travel all over the countryside in order to do what they do. Plus, uh, plenty of opportunities, truck and tractor pulls, a nice size uh, indoor arena. Uh, I mean, the possibilities are endless. And so I'm going to see if I can reach out to Laura and get her back in here. Also, Tina Griffin, who is the Counterculture Mom, a program that we feature on uh, Key Radio, one of the podcasts that we feature, and uh, I think we feature that about three or four days in a row. Uh, so you might uh, want to be listening uh, for Tina. She'll, of course, be back on to talk about some of the things that she is pursuing and things that she is looking into, along with the presiding commissioner of Camden County joining us next week, Ike Skelton, uh, hopefully on the program on, uh, let's see, next Friday, which I believe would be May the 5th. It is 841. Don Barrett uh, joining us. And Don is a local citizen, a local concerned citizen who has been part of this uh, uh, sit-cat, kit-cat, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, I know that they have been following what's been going on in the city of Camdenton. And they talk about uh, this issue with the uh, Modine plant where they were dumping a chemical into the ground. I guess uh, essentially this uh, TCE was used to clean things. Right, the solder drill. It was a, and a, a clean metal. Okay. And so this uh, particular chemical has been poured into the ground. Uh, it's not something that uh, we're supposed to have in our water, but uh, apparently, and I lived right around that area too, lived over off of Lakeview and Blair Avenue for a while, and so I'm familiar with what people have been talking about. And interestingly enough, uh, someone once told me, uh, if you live in Camdenton, don't drink the water. <laughs> and, well, the, the thing about it, they use this to clean with, right? but what was dumped was not, the clean barrel of TCE. The, what was dumped in the ground was contained the heavy metals, uh, lead. I mean, it, it was a whole concoction of really bad materials dumped into the ground. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so you, it's really hard to clean it up. Well, yeah, sure. Once it gets into the water, I mean, it, it, I mean it's almost, it, it seems to me, Don, like it would be impossible because, you know, with everything that's going on, uh, you talk of the aquifer, it gets in there and, uh, Inevitably, you have to think that it would find its way into the lake somehow. You just you hope and pray that it dissipates yeah. at some point because it, I I don't know that how much poison can go and how far it can go. Right. It, I don't know how you'd even track it. You know that's the problem. And uh, but the cleanup of it is taken. Well, they they had that big spill in Springfield mm-hmm. into the caves down there, and they're they're trying to track that stuff. It's basically the same thing: TCE poisoning and. And our our cartography down here at the lake, everywhere you look, there's a, there's a cave. So it's gone through the cave system. Uh, 
no telling how much damage it's done there. Right. Not to mention the people. I mean, uh, everybody, almost everybody on our contamination board has lost someone to this poison. You can't say, well, they, it caused my wife to die. But my case, my, my wife had agricultural cancer. This Her cancer was caused by agricultural use. We don't have agriculture in Camdenton. So this poisoning came from somewhere, and it just happens our well, we were in the same aquifer as this board, as Modine, mm-hmm. our well. And but now it's not testing impure right now, but they've got a lot of test wells down Ballpark Road where they test, and they still have some impurities. Uh, the the uh, uh, lagoon that they dumped stuff in, where they they dug it all out and supposedly took all the stuff out to the airport and buried it, and then they've covered it up with rail with runway. I mean, there's a whole lot gone on with cover-up and the testing of it, and we're trying to get all the places tested, but it's a challenge. Nobody likes to assume responsibility when it comes to something like this, but it almost seems like it would make more sense if, if, if folks would just step up and say, yes, we made a mistake, and let's do what's necessary to take care of it, and if there are folks that are... Uh, you know, it's proven that uh, some of their aim, ailments and, uh, and and issues have, have, have been generated by this particular situation. Well, then let's see what we can to uh, take care of them as well. So you had your last meeting is uh, is April 11th. Was that the last meeting right, that you had? Right. And let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, I know that you've got uh, this advisory team, including yourself. It says Jerry Rogers, Dale Bland, Pam Holly, Scott Martin, uh, Steve Eden. Uh, you also have some other folks, uh, Bryce Bobbitt, Jennifer Lamons, and Christine Crump, uh, who is with the uh, Missouri Department of Natural Resources. So what was talked about at the meeting, and uh, you said you had some interesting information to share with the listeners this morning. Well, when we came up with the plan that they supposedly put out for public opinion, but they didn't have any response to it, which I knew, we all knew they wouldn't have, so it, it decided to drill the holes. But now a third of the plant is not contaminated, so they're going to let whoever works in there work in a third of the plant while the rest of it's being decontaminated. And this is going to take uh, like a year and a half just to get the equipment in and get the holes dug and uh, you get this whole system in. It's just a series of PVC pipes with hot air pumped into it and then blown back out to dissipate the TCE. But it's a million and a half, and Modine is assuming that. But then I ask, why is this going to work? Well, it's worked in other places, but it worked outside. They had a, a big lot in in St. Louis that was contaminated with the same thing. Mm-hmm. They dug all the holes down. They made essentially the same program they're going to put underneath this building, and it worked up there. So they have some proof that it works, but not under the building. So... We're spending a million and a half on a flip of the coin. What's going to happen in five years when we're done, and they have to keep they have to keep testing it all the time to make sure it's safe. That it's just the problem, that, it, but I can't get an, a real answer out of them because they're going to go ahead with it, since Modine's paying for it. Modine has stepped up and spent a lot of money. So is Sunstrand. Pam Holly, she works for Sunstrand. She mm-hmm. she's a member of the group and she keeps notes for us, which you can tell are very inclusive notes and. Uh, very nice lady. Uh, Phil Morgan it represents the city. You know, he's their attorney, and he right. comes to the meetings, and he mm-hmm. cares because his land adjoins out there. His dad's land adjoins the, the Modine. And uh, 
so he's concerned about how they're going to clean up the outside area. I, I guess, and, and and I've got a couple of things. <coughs> I want to I want to read something from these uh, these minutes from the last meeting on April the 11th. Proposed items to be completed in 2023. Final remedy decision. This is from uh, Missouri Department of Natural Resources. Agency did not receive any comments during the public comment period. So the final remedy will be a uh, the thermal treatment, which is what you're talking about, where the wells are installed below the building to uh, uh, subsurface, and it's heated, and VOCs are then extracted from the soil poor spaces. A final remedial decision should be approved in a few weeks. With that approval, the current uh, Modine order will expire. Uh, it says issue new order. Uh, new order will be made for construction, operation, maintenance, and monitoring of the remedy. Modine will be paying for that. Preparation and uh, filing of environmental uh, covenant. Uh, the environmental covenant uh, will be signed by the Missouri Department of Natural Resources and property owner. The office uh, area and a third of the manufacturing flooring will be usable while the remediation system is in place. I still don't know that I would want to be in that building, regardless of how much of it is usable or not. Absolutely. That means portions of it are still not usable. Uh, it says negotiate to access agreement. Uh, pre-designed work plan, work plan that presents plan for additional sampling that checks that system is covering the entire area that needs to be covered by the system. So what it sounds like to me at this particular point is that, uh, oh, that's your phone. Um, it sounds like it's more or less going to go into a monitoring phase and a constant monitoring phase so that they can figure out whether or not there are still any traces of this uh uh, TCE in the water, uh, along with any of the other uh, byproducts that have come from all of this. But, you know, seemingly these things get into the soil. Uh, so many different things can happen. People are affected on so many different levels. I, I want to know what the relationship is between the citizens and the city at this particular point. And, you know, I, I would imagine that the city has got to be extremely concerned about what's going on. Uh, I would think that they certainly don't want to see this property sit there. They'd like to be able to sell, uh, you know, see this property sold, somebody utilize it and uh, and make money from it. So, again, you know, where are we at with the city of Camden on all of this? And and not to say that they're not doing anything, because obviously they're, they are if they're uh, if the city attorney is attending these meetings. Uh, they are. They determine amongst themselves what percentage of the cleanup each entity pays. Right. And so it's a little confusing on who's uh, on who's who's responsible for what part of it. Right. But they are they have admitted responsibility. It, it's not like they're not stepping up to the plate. But the fact that it's just taking so long and how much more contamination is still going on, mm -hmm. if if it's going to take a million and a half to clean up uh, 10,000 square feet in this building, that stuff is sitting there someplace. And it's still contaminating, obviously, the mulberry well because they continue to pump it to air. And continue to take the well offline. Exactly. So, and the, uh, they used to be the... Uh, the Hewlett Lagoon, they call it's Lagoon Number Three because we want to take that stigma away from Hewlett because sure. it's just by their their dealership. It had nothing to do with them, but so it's the Lagoon Number Three. But now it was supposedly all dug out and took the airport. But now we've got 
they stepped out a little further away from it. Now they've got enough. They have to go in and do another clean on it. Mm -hmm. So that tells me that's contaminated again. It's just the common sense part of it that we're still contaminating. We, how do you remove a million and a half gallons of contaminant from the ground that's soaked in <laughs> I, without tearing stuff down and digging it out? Right, right. Well, and, and I wonder again if, if if that's the reality of this whole situation, Don, it, it, it has been done. Uh, it, it's it, it's something where how do you effectively get all of it? And I don't think that there is any real way There's no to way. get all of it because it happened such a long time ago. And it has basically uh, embedded itself in uh, not just the water, Clear uh, to the bedrock. soil, yeah, down to the down to the bedrock. But uh, again, finding a solution to all of this almost seems impossible. Now, and, and and when I say finding a solution to it, they'll come up with a solution. But is it something that's feasible? Is it something that uh, really works for uh, the people that live in the area? The people that may very well buy the property? Uh, does it give people a a little bit of confidence knowing that you know? We don't have to worry about this any longer. I would imagine most people that live in the area, if they can afford it, have uh, you know bottled water that they drink. And uh, certainly, I, I don't know how it affects the skin if you're using it to bathe or you know other things that you do, wash your dishes, uh, right. you, use it to uh, prepare meals, whatever, drink it, what, whatever you're, you're talking about here. So obviously, well, there's there's a lot of different uh, avenues that you have to go down. But will it ever be completely and totally taken care of? That's probably something that only the good Lord knows. Uh, our, our drinking water in Camden, the wells that we're using right now, are safe. Are safe, right. They're tested continually, and not just by DNR, but by an independent agency and the city. They're all, they all do different tests, and they compare. So our drinking water is safe. But if, if it's still going into Mulberry Well... If it's still contaminated, there's still a chance that it could get out into our water. Right. That's my point. And it needs to be stopped. And throwing money at it seems like what they're doing, it just doesn't seem like it's the, the cure for what we need. I just think... I, well, unfortunately, I guess in this particular instance, everyone's hands are tied. I mean, the Department of Natural Resources, uh, Modine, a city... Uh, the citizens. Uh, it happened so long ago that, uh, quite frankly, uh, trying to track it all, trying to find it all, trying to dispose of it all is uh, impossible. And, and you know, people were forced to put this stuff in 55-gallon drums and take it out and dump it on their property or they'd be fired. Right. And in those days, you had the be one of the best jobs in the Camden County, well, southern part of the state. Right. So you did what they told you to do. Absolutely. And so that made a whole different spot. 55-gallon drum doesn't last forever. When it rusts out, the liquid comes out of it. And uh, so that we don't know how many other hot spots there are, but hopefully we've got them all. But uh, I don't know. It's really frustrating to uh, to deal with. I, I received it, a, a text here that says... Uh, a friend of this person who texted me said that uh, his friend died from cancer after he filled his swimming pool in the area behind the Cedar Sawmill across from Bear Market. Yeah, Blair Cedar right across the street there. 
and that's right close to the where they where they turned off the pump to the septic system. Right. Good lord. Inevitably, Don. What I mean, the the group the group of concerned citizens that are uh, kind of pushing for all of this. What is what is the hope here at this point? I mean, as as we've sat here and discussed this morning, getting it all is 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 not even a a, a possibility at this point. So, what is what is the hope uh, in terms of of coming to some sort of final solution to to really make this, uh, uh, I guess, something that people have to live with? We're we're trying to as a group. We're trying to keep everybody that we have in contact with informed of what what is going on. Because that's basically where our hands are. We, because we can't force DNR to do something. We can't force Modine to do something. But we can complain and we can raise cane, and we're pretty good at it. <laughs> I'm telling you, we had one guy that kicked him out of the, off of there, and and uh, because he was getting out of hand with DNR, mm-hmm. and he was. But boy, he had a lot of information. He worked for the city for years, and he he gave us a lot of information that that he kept copies of and, and found a lot of the areas. But but he was so adamant that if he would have just kept his head on the straighter, it could have helped us more probably. But Well, I guess there, in this particular instance, I don't know what kind of a bank account your group has, if they have a bank account at all, or it's just essentially <clears throat> concerned citizens getting together and then trying to talk with the Department of Natural Resources, with Modine. Uh, have you talked to anyone on the state or federal level other than DNR? Uh, yeah. When our past governor, before he was kicked out of office, he got involved. Eric Greitens? He was very good and very concerned. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of got us kicked off with DNR now because it was just laying there. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. I, I say they didn't care. They didn't do anything. They weren't doing anything. And right. after he got involved, why they booted him in the rear end and got him off dead center. But... Uh, and the leader of the DNR that was over this area, finally she retired, and, and thank God, because you couldn't talk to anybody. And uh, we made trips to Jeff City and would just be treated like dogs by her. What what uh, kind of response are you getting from uh, some of our state reps? Well, they're, they're, they're aware of it, but it's kind of like even our local officials, they're aware of it. But their hands are tied, too. Where are they going to go? What are they going to do? Right. I mean, they, it all comes back to us. And we have to work as a group. And as long as we're doing something, I don't know if something is good or what the something is we're doing. Well, I guess at this point, you know, something is better than nothing when people's lives are uh, at stake here. Uh, Again, I would suggest uh, seeing if there wouldn't be an attorney that could do something for you at least maybe – uh, to get the uh, the ball rolling a little bit more, a little bit faster, or get some people on board that, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, has anyone filed any lawsuits against Modine? There's several. There's several been filed by people that live around there. And you know how it is when you file a lawsuit, then you get covered up in paperwork. Right. And then it gets kicked down the road and kicked down the road and kicked down the road. Some of these people have died and their lawsuits never came to be because they died. Uh, so or it that, dies because you run out of money trying to to right. to, to to deal with the lawsuit. And no lo- no local attorneys have, will get involved with it because Saint, it's uh, St. Louis or Springfield attorneys that are pro bono basically doing right. it. Right. But no settlements have ever been reached. No no money give to people that died or families that died, and it's just so frustrating for everybody. Sure. 
Sure. And uh, a lot of folks that we know have been directly affected by it. And you certainly hate to hear that. But, uh, again, it uh, it is what it is. It's you know, we have a lot of lead. We had a lot of lead mining down here also. Mm-hmm. And that contaminated a lot of the ground. A lot of people have lead in their water. And not just just right around Camdenton, but countywide. And some of the people come forward with that. Well, they're not mining anymore, but the mines are still giving off a lot of lead. Right. And so that's another big concern, people dying from that. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to fill that in somehow, too, but no one's ever come up with responsibility for that. So EPA, you wonder if we didn't have a responsible party, if EPA would have come in and gotten involved way back when it had been done. You Very know, true. You know what I mean? You just have to find the right person with the right connections. Yeah, EPA pretty much gets in and gets with it because they don't want to mess with it. Well, I uh, I would like you, again, to keep me informed and uh, see if we can't maybe uh, get the ball rolling on this and get uh, get some sort of representation uh, from DNR. Maybe they'll have somebody that could uh, speak to it again on the air. But uh, I certainly appreciate you taking time to contact me and let me know what's going on so that we can get this uh, information out to the listeners and, uh, more importantly, hopefully get some uh, some folks on board to uh, to help uh, fight the good fight because uh, a lot of the folks that are doing it now uh, are probably getting a little worn out. Yeah, and, and they can get a hold of me on Facebook. That I, I'm the chairman of the Kit Kat, the Camden County Contamination Board. Right. And I'd love to have them come to the meetings and kick in some input. What uh, what are the, uh, the the dates and times of those meetings? Well, the next one's going to be in July. It's the second Tuesday. All right. But there, we used to it every month. But right. We just kept, we're doing nothing. We're standing looking at each other. So let's have some reports come out in July again. So, But I'll, I'll, I'll put a public notice out, and I'll pay, put it on the door of the firehouse. So if you go by the door of the firehouse, you can read that it's there. Right. And it's, <laughs> well, I thank you again. Uh, it's always great to see you and spend a little time uh, getting caught up, but more importantly, uh, letting folks know about what's going on with the Modine plant, uh, where DNR is, where the city is, where... The citizens are, and hopefully at some point they can uh, they can resolve all of this or do the best possible job of resolving it. Thank you, sir. You're quite welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Stick around. On the other side of the break, we are going to hear from the good professor, the true history professor, Jim Paisley. We'll, de- we'll be talking about the history of equity. But first, let's get to our media partners, LakeExpo.com and Stacey Johnson with a check of local news and... We'll also hear from Chris Schneider and the folks at Lake TV. Chris has got a check of sports. It's all coming up on The Key. Content provided by the people. Right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, April 26th. If you're into hunting black bears, it's almost time to get a permit. The Missouri Department of Conservation will offer 400 permits for the taking of up to 40 black bears during the black bear hunting season in October. MDC will offer five permits to hunt bulk elk in Missouri this fall. Now, the application period is May 1st through the 31st. All permits will be assigned through a random drawing. 
A Richland man was seriously injured Saturday in a crash on Four Corners Road. Highway Patrol says 59-year-old Jeffrey Scott was driving an ATV when it started sliding. The vehicle traveled off the road, hit a ditch, and overturned. Scott sustained serious injuries. He was life-flighted to Mercy Hospital in Springfield. Lake of the Ozarks Food Truck Festival is back this weekend at Osage Beach City Park. The event will include food trucks, face painters, live music, bounce houses, and much more. The festival runs from 11 in the morning until 7 in the evening, Saturday and Sunday. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. We've got uh, plenty of high school baseball today. Action last night saw Eldon lose to Hallsville 8-4, so the Mustangs are 13-8 on the season now. Osage falls to 4-12, losing to California 8-1. And Versailles falls to 6-12, losing to Blair Oaks 10-0. Today's action, 20-3 Camdenton on the road to play Boonville. Lakers with a great season going on. It is uh, Versailles at 6-12 and 12 at home against South Callaway today and more action to come on Thursday and Friday. College baseball, a huge win for the MSU Bears last night. They have won 10 of 12 after beating 7th ranked Arkansas 8-4 to four last night. So the Bears are now 23-16. and 16. They play at Central Arkansas today. Now the Mizzou Tigers 23-16. and 16. They will play today at Southern Illinois. As for softball, the MSU ladies 30 and 20 after beating Southern Illinois 8 to 1 last night, and the MSU ladies 27 and 16. They've won 19 of their last 20. They are at home against Southern Illinois tonight. Major League Baseball: the Cardinals lose in the ninth inning on a walk-off two-run homer to the Giants 5-4. So the Cardinals 9 and 15. The Royals are 6 and 18 after beating Arizona last night. They will play the rubber game of that series today. Tomorrow night, it's the NFL Draft. The Chiefs have uh, a pick in the first round at the end of the round after winning the Super Bowl, of course. Going into the draft, the Chiefs will have uh, 10 picks. I'm sure they will trade some of those. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. Be sure to check them out, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris from Slumberland Furniture. They talk about what's going on at the lake. Check that out every day at 802, 102, and 802. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, Lake TV's got it all, including five local talk shows to keep you informed and entertained. You can also see local high school football in the fall and basketball in the winter. 
Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. And if you haven't liked Lake TV on Facebook, be sure you do that too. Key Radio keeps you in the know as we make improvements to better serve you. Because many of you listen online, we've re-engineered our website. You get there on the web at keyradio.live or through our iPhone and Android apps, Key Radio, K-E-Y-K. From the app, click the WWW Globe symbol to see our full site. There you can listen to live radio or call KB during the daily show or see our schedule. And don't forget that beautiful donate button. Then there are menus. Click News Weather to get your daily dose of what's happening. You can also drill down in the Key Radio link to learn all about your favorite shows, make a donation, or sponsor a show. You can also read Bill's blog and follow the social media links and notice how we highlight our sponsors on each page. It's all at your fingertips, whether you have a laptop, tablet, or smartphone. It's all part of how Key Radio KEYK staff wants to serve you. Key Radio keeps you in the know. Join the Ozark Brush and Pellet Club for their monthly meetings at the Camdenton United Methodist Church on the first Thursday of every month at 7 p.m. Meetings are free to attend and open to the public for anyone interested in creating art. Call Terry Cochran at 573-480-8498 for information. This message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK 89.3 FM. like to become a content provider, simply contact the Lakes Community Radio Station at 89.3, the key. Right back here at 910 on a beautiful Wednesday morning, the 26th day of April. As I said, we've got 30 days left for the Daily Show at the the conclusion of 30 days, which will be May 26th. uh, I think this show's probably going to be on hiatus until we can figure something out. We'll have to wait and see uh, just how everything plays out. If you're a business and you would like to make a tax-deductible donation to Key Radio, you can do that. I really, you know, I I, I will say that we have addressed a lot of topics and talked to a lot of people. And one of the things that uh, I, I really enjoy about doing this is the freedom to do it, the freedom to be able to bring certain people in, the freedom to be able to address certain topics without any fear of retribution of, of any kind. And, and I really, considering some of the uh, uh, 
the folks that used to be doing things around here, I, I really don't think we have that uh, problem as much as we used to. But, you know, talking with uh, Don Barrett about uh, what's going on with the Modine plan and the TCE and how it's affected people and uh, the hope to be able to clean all that stuff up and get it taken care of. Uh, you know, those are things that sometimes people shy away from talking about because we could ruffle some feathers. We could uh, hurt somebody's feelings on the uh, on the government level, be it local, be it state, be it federal. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, we have 30 days. And on the 26th day of uh, May, we're probably going to end up pulling the plug on it. I would like to say that uh, I might hang around for a little bit longer to, uh, to help out Bill Munhausen because you don't want to just up and dump everything in his lap. So... Uh, you know, we might be around. We'll just have to kind of see how it goes. But if you're interested as uh, an individual or business owner, you want to get a sponsorship out there, uh, you know, folks, we've got uh, a lot of things that we're working on and will continue to work on. We're going to see some major programming changes coming up. So if you're interested, reach out to me, reach out to Bill, and uh, let's make it happen. I really would like to stick around. National Pretzel Day is today. I don't know if you knew that or not. Today is also Alien Day. It's... uh, Confederate Heroes Day. I don't yeah, know if you knew that or not. Uh, but uh, Get Organized Day, Hug an Australian Day, <laughs> uh, National AI Day, Uh-oh. something that we talked about here. There you go. You know, it was funny that uh, you had that conversation uh, with the listeners about artificial intelligence, and I sent you that article right. about what they would be addressing at the, uh, the NAB convention in Las Vegas. And... It was the effect of AI on media and broadcasting. And I think at some point, you know, how far off is is the uh, the fact where they don't even have an actual body right. in a studio behind right. a mic or in front of a TV camera. Uh, basically, it's all AI, and all you're getting is what they want you to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It's, it's pretty amazing when you look at it, and the fact that it can... It can teach itself so fast. That's that's the scary thing about it. I don't know if you heard uh, Tucker Carlson's interview with Elon Musk on yeah. that. Speaking of which, <laughs> he's gone. Yeah. Whatever happened to him? Him and Bongino, and there's a, the list is long and distinguished. You talk about uh, you know having the freedom to talk about what you want, you know, without repercussions. Well, obviously, at the, on the big stage, it's. Uh, you got to be careful. Yeah. And, and that's a shame because... It's all pressure. Know, it's all money. And you look through history and, and you see the control of the media. I mean, that's that's how you do it. Yeah. You get control of the media and get control of what people can hear, you're in big trouble. We'll uh, possibly talk a little bit more about that tomorrow, the uh, release of Tucker Carlson. And I was listening to uh, Jimmy Fallon yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And he made it seem so nonchalant. Like, right. uh, you know, I, I ran into one of his staffers and... Uh, you know, we're sorry to see him go, this, that, and the other thing. Somebody said Glenn Beck offered him a job. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm wondering how long it'll be before somebody like Newsmax or somebody picks him up. But he, he's he's down temporarily, but not yeah. for the count, folks, so no. don't worry about that. 914 is our time. As you can tell, the good professor Jim Paisley in the studio, truehistoryprofessor.com is his website. And we are going to discuss equity. Equity this morning. Yes. Equity. Biden's wonderful world of equity. Yes. My, the, you know, the uh, famous diversity, 
equity and inclusion. Absolutely. And again, this is a great example, KB. This is one of those things that most people will not talk about mm-hmm. because, oh my God, you know, as soon as you dive into it, oh well, you're you're you know the evil, you know what do they call you, a MAGA Republican or whatever, or a racist, and, you know, no, not the case at all. And and I thought it'd be interesting to address this because there's a couple of things coming down the pipe here, folks, that are going to impact you. That's right, you sitting right there at your coffee table this morning, and you're not even aware that they're coming. And so I thought we'd start with this whole issue of equity, all right? Now, I found a a great article on the American Thinker, and it talks about what this equity thing is. Now, immediately after his inauguration, uh, on January 20th, 2021, Joe Biden signed an executive order. Now, all of this stuff, folks, is coming down with executive orders, which is kind of interesting because if there is a change in leadership in the upcoming election, then these executive orders can be struck down immediately. So, but right now, we're living by them, okay? Now, in this first direct executive order that Biden put out, it directed the federal government to pursue a comprehensive approach to advancing equity for all. And on February 16th of this year, he signed a follow-up executive order. And this mandated that all federal agencies create teams and annual plans to ensure equity within all government agencies and to utilize government programs to compel equity in the private sector. Okay, so first we're going to do it to the government, and then the government's going to come and make you do it. All right. Now, here's the catch. The use of the word equity is a deliberate attempt to kind of hoodwink all us sitting out here. Basically, we're all on board with the idea of equality, right? I mean, life, liberty, equality, that's been the foundation of our country. And equity sounds like equality, but it couldn't be any more different if it had to be. And that's what's kind of sneaky about this whole thing. Equity, unlike equality, isn't equal access to opportunity or equal protection before the law. Equity per the American Marxists who are running this thing, is the redistribution of social, societal status, legal protection, and economic goods like jobs and material possessions in accordance with their politicized assessment of disadvantages and demographics. Now, equity in the Marxist context, context requires a clearly defined villainous group and not, coincidentally, a political adversary to implement this whole thing, all right? Now, the whole idea is you manipulate the masses into believing that they ha- that you have the best interests of the people at heart, okay? Sure you do. And what about the children? You know, <laughs> you hear this all the time. Oh, my God, you know, how many times have we heard that? <laughs> now, bottom line is, the first, pop- the, the first thing that has to ha- happen is the population has to be segmented in order to get this whole idea of equity in place, or tribalized, if you will, and indoctrinated into the idea that distinct groups have have and have been and continue to be victimized. Okay, they're victims. You know, the haves and the have-nots. That's the way you start this thing, okay? And that these victims deserve equal outcomes, as, you know, as... Merit or ability just simply doesn't matter, okay? It doesn't matter that you didn't 
put in the effort or you didn't go to school or whatever it was, you know, bottom line is it's not fair that you don't have what the guy across the street has. Now, obviously, race is the first thing that pops up. And any time you challenge this equity thing, there, here they come. They're, oh, well, you're a racist. Couldn't be further from the truth. But you have to understand that 72% of the population identifies as white, all right? 72% of our population is white. It's just a fact. There's not, no way to get around it, folks. Well, the problem is if you want equity and you got 72% of the population is white, well, we've got to start by breaking down the subgroups within that group. And that's what we're seeing happen today, all right? Women are obviously a, a, a segment to fragment and indoctrinate as they account for 51% of the population, all right? So first off, we got to get women against men. Right. Go women. Yes, right. Okay. I mean that in a good way. I'm yes. Not being sarcastic. Me too. I love women. I do too. <laughs> and then you've got 4.5% of the citizenry is this LGBTQ group. All right. My girlfriend is a woman. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, I've been, I've been living with one for 50 years, you know, so yeah. Well, the thing is, is you can take any group, and in this case, you know, the white population of the United States, and break them down into subgroups, and the idea is to pit those groups against other groups in order to implement equity, okay? Well, that leaves America with a defined oppressor class that is the undisputed villain in this whole conflict, all right? And that, folks, is the white heterosexual male. All right. That's the bad guy. And that's we see it on the news every day. There's so many of us. It's easy to uh, it's easy to pick on. Exactly. Yeah. You know, what is it? People, you know, somebody was talking to somebody the other day. They said the, the white male, 50 uh, year old common worker, you know, I better I better not leave the house. Exactly. Yes, you are. You are the one that's victimizing everybody else. KB. All right. Now, in 2016, 72% of white men without a college degree, without a college degree, voted for Donald Trump. 72% of them, okay? So the bottom line is the Democratic Party realized we got to do something to, to break this mess up, okay? And they realized that they turned to the old playbook of class conflict, the haves and the have-nots. Well, why does that guy have that nice truck? And why does he have, you know, the, the nicer house and all the different things that he has? Well, it's because he gets up in the morning and he goes to work. All right? He's been working his tail off his whole life to get where he's at. And it's not because, you know, he's better than you or he's a different color than you. It's because he's putting in the effort. All right. Like all those other people that are a different color from him. and Right. You know, it's, it, exactly. All right. But if your narrative is, is that that guy somehow has been, uh, you know, an oppressor, and this is what they're teaching our kids in school right now, is that, you know, if you're a, a, a white child in school, you've obviously victimized all the kids in the class who, who aren't. And this is just ridiculous. But it's, it's a political playbook, folks. Now, you have to ask the question. And I wonder this myself. When do white heterosexual males find the time to oppress the rest of the people? 
Is that it what you depends do on what they do. Is that what you do when you're not here, KB? Do you go out and try and oppress somebody? Uh, I don't have time. I know. i got to make money, brother. i, I got bills to pay. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe I'm being oppressed by another white man, and I just don't know it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Now, it's absolute folly to believe that just because someone may have the correct skin color or sexual orientation or is a member of a state-approved oppressed group that they're qualified to do a job. And this is where a huge problem is coming in. Because in equity, they simply ignore, ignore the fact that a person uh, doesn't necessarily have the, the skills or the education to do a particular job. I mean, bottom line is we need to make everything fair. And regardless of what your background is and whether you're qualified for the job, under equity, we should give it to you. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be a huge issue for us as we move to the, move to the future, all right? Now, primarily because of their conservative political views, the American Marxists are determined to replace these these white Anglo-Saxon, uh, you know, males with politically correct but unqualified workers. Okay, and this includes the unskilled and barely literate armies of illegal immigrants that we're getting. Bear in mind, what was it? Somebody said the other day, three million that three million new immigrants came in. Well, here again, they're going to fit into this equity thing. It's not fair that they're here and that that they're not living as well as all the rest of the people who have been here and work like a dog all their lives, okay? So you have to ask yourself, can it get any worse? And this is where the crux of the show is today. Folks, pour yourself a cup of coffee and look out the window there because I'm going to lay something on you here that you didn't even know was coming, all right? A friend of mine in Florida, Bill Wright, sent me this article. And it kind of set me back in my chair, and I thought this can't be true, but it is. Home buyers with good credit scores will soon encounter a costly surprise. A new federal rule forcing them to pay higher mortgage rates and fees to subsidize people with risky credit ratings who are also in the market to buy houses. Now, folks, this is going to happen May the 1st, next week. It's done. It's nothing you can do to stop it. You can call and you can raise hell, but it's done. It's a, another one of these executive orders, okay? And so what they're passing and or have passed and are going to implement next week as part of the Federal Housing Finance Agency's push for affordable housing, they will, it will affect mortgages originating at private banks across the country. And the federally banked or federally backed home mortgage companies, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, are going to enact this thing. All right, and they call it loan level price adjustments. Okay, it's an LLPA. You know how the government loves to have these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Now, mortgage industry specialists say home buyers with credit scores of 680 or higher will pay. For example, about $40 a month on a home loan more uh, for a home loan of $400,000. They'll pay $40 a month more than somebody who has a credit score of 680 or less. Those people will get a discount of $40 a month. So you see what they're doing here. Basically, what they're going to do is they're going to set the interest rates. In other words, if you have a high credit score something and you know even minimally high 680 or above then they're going to tack on a couple of percent interest to you let's say the interest rate's six percent well they're going to turn around and charge you eight percent 
because you're they know you're going to pay it off and, you know you're good risk but somebody who has a credit score of 680 or below who hasn't had a good history of paying their bills instead of six percent they'll pay four that's equity are you folks out there do you hear me do you hear what they're doing here? Now, how is this not coming and just taking the money out of your pocket and giving it to somebody else? Now, you've worked your tail off your entire life, and you've made it a point to pay your bills. You've gone without and done things. You know, you're the one eating the bologna sandwiches and everything and doing everything you can to get by and driving an old car to try and pay your bills, and you get hammered for it. Yet those who don't make those efforts... They're going to get rewarded. It turns the whole financial world upside down. And it, it, it just, it set me back in my chair, and I thought this can't be true, but there it is. Now, you know, we've heard about the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 these other schemes that they've had, you know, about a minimum, minimal, minimal uh, wage for people, you know, with a, you know, a, a, a housing subsidy and, and uh, salary subsidies and, you know, a, a minimum living wage and all this. If you can't get it that way, here's a better way to do it. We'll just turn around and attach it to your home loan. Now, this is for, for new mortgages and refinancing, Okay. So, folks, if you're going to do something, you better do it between now and now, now and, and Monday. Monday, right? Or before and, that, now yes. and Sunday. Yeah, isn't that unbelievable? And so, basically, what they're doing is they are punishing you for doing the right thing. That's the way this has worked. Now, the changes don't make any sense. Penalizing borrowers with larger down payments and credit scores will now will not go over very well, according to Ian Wright, a senior loan officer for Bay Equity Home Loans. And he told the Washington Times, he said, you know, it can it, it overcomplicates things for consumers during a process that can already feel overwhelming. I mean, I don't know how many of you had dig out a loan lately, but I mean, it's a stack of papers a foot thick, you know, you're signing and half of it. You don't even know what it is. Well, this all fits into the whole federal program. And he said it's going to cause customer service issues for lenders and individual loan officers when a consumer won't understand why their interest rate and fees are suddenly higher than everybody else, okay? Now, bear in mind, it's not going to be that one bank can, can go and get around this and, and undermine the other banks. This is coming from the federal government. So if you have a credit score above 680, you're going to pay more, all right? Now, the confu- this confusing approach won't work, and more importantly, it couldn't come at a worse time, uh, according to ind- industry uh, uh, people like this Stevens from Mortgage Bank Association. And he said, to do this at the onset of the spring market is almost offensive to the market and the lenders. And he said, understand as well that you've got the feds out there raising the interest rates right now, trying to curb this inflation. So as the interest rates are going up, we're going to turn around and penalize people who have been paying their bills. I mean, it's it, it, think, folks down here at the lake, think what this is going to do to the housing industry and, you know, the construction industry and so on and so forth. This isn't just going to impact those people with the loans. I mean, it's going to impact everybody because, you know, why in the world would I turn around and, and pay 8%? When it, last week it was 6%, it's going to make a lot of people think twice about even taking out a loan. 
This is where we'll jump in and allow you to sit down because your head is probably spinning and you're feeling a little dizzy. Right. We'll come back and talk some more on the other side of the break with the True History professor, Professor Jim Paisley. Equity, is it all it's cracked up to be? Well, I guess if you are on the uh, uh, the side that is uh, supposedly doing things in your best interest. But folks, don't be fooled because as soon as they uh, uh, jerk everybody else around, uh, they're coming for you. This is not going to be something that, again, uh, in particular affects. Let's just say, well, we, I'll, <laughs> we'll save that. We'll save that for the other side of the break. There you go. Stacy Johnson and LakeExpo.com with the local news. Chris Schneider and Lake TV with a check of sports and more of the good professor Jim Paisley. It's the Daily Show on Key Radio. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, April 26th. If you're into hunting black bears, it's almost time to get a permit. The Missouri Department of Conservation will offer 400 permits for the taking of up to 40 black bears during the black bear hunting season in October. MDC will offer five permits to hunt bulk elk in Missouri this fall. Now, the application period is May 1st through the 31st. All permits will be assigned through a random drawing. A Richland man was seriously injured Saturday in a crash on Four Corners Road. Highway Patrol says 59-year-old Jeffrey Scott was driving an ATV when it started sliding. The vehicle traveled off the road, hit a ditch, and overturned. Scott sustained serious injuries. He was life-flighted to Mercy Hospital in Springfield. Lake of the Ozarks Food Truck Festival is back this weekend at Osage Beach City Park. The event will include food trucks, face painters, live music, bounce houses, and much more. The festival runs from 11 in the morning until 7 in the evening, Saturday and Sunday. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Key Radio needs business content and we make broadcast time affordable. Instead of merely advertising, create an hour or half hour weekly radio show to inform potential customers about your products and services. Then post the podcast to your social media page to make it work for you. We are non-commercial, so no direct selling is allowed. But use your time to educate and inform. For a small extra cost, you can be an underwriter and have your messaging play all week long. Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. We've got uh, plenty of high school baseball today. Action last night saw Eldon lose to Hallsville 8-4, so the Mustangs are 13-8 on the season now. Osage falls to 4-12, losing to California 8-1. And Versailles falls to 6-12, losing to Blair Oaks 10-0. Today's action, 20-3 Camdenton on the road to play Boonville. Lakers with a great season going on. It is uh, Versailles at 6-12 and 12 at home against South Callaway today and more action to come on Thursday and Friday. College baseball, a huge win for the MSU Bears last night. They have won 10 of 12 after beating 7th-ranked Arkansas 8-4 to four last night. So the Bears are now 23-16. and 16. They play at Central Arkansas today. Now the Mizzou Tigers, 23-16. and 16. They will play today at Southern.
Southern Illinois. As for softball, the MSU ladies 30-20 and 20 after beating Southern Illinois 8-1 to 1 last night. And the MSU ladies 27-16. and 16. They've won 19 of their last 20. They are at home against Southern Illinois tonight. Major League Baseball, the Cardinals lose in the ninth inning on a walk-off two-run homer to the Giants 5-4. So the Cardinals 9-15. The Royals are 6-18 after beating Arizona last night. They will play the rubber game of that series today. Tomorrow night, it's the NFL Draft. The Chiefs have uh, a pick in the first round at the end of the round after winning the Super Bowl, of course. Going into the draft, the Chiefs will have 10 picks. I'm sure they will trade some of those. Lake TV brings you five local Lake Area shows. Be sure to check them out, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris from Slumberland Furniture. They talk about what's going on at the lake. Check that out every day at 802, 102, and 802. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. There is a saying that there is no free lunch, meaning there is a cost to everything, even when it appears to be free. Your free account on social media costs you invisible connections to companies trying to sell you stuff. So it is, even with Key Radio, because there are costs to bring you local programming, and we need your help to pay the bills. If you love our purpose, please donate. If you need to use advertising dollars, Key Radio can give you a promotional benefit of sponsorship underwriting. Key Radio features programs in every area of life, politics, business, family, entertainment, education, faith, and media. In Christian circles, we refer to this as the Seven Mountains. We don't relegate any of these subjects to once a week, and we seek content rooted in truth more than opinion. If you have a message to get across, contact Bill M. at OrionCenter.org to talk about how Key Radio can help. I'm Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. I see a lot of discussion in social media about the future of the church and how to make Christianity more attractive to the next generation. Many years ago, Dr. Francis Schaeffer created a book and documentary film titled How Should We Then Live? The series told about the rise of Western civilization under the influence of biblical Christianity and its subsequent decline as Christian influence waned. Dr. Schaeffer prophetically predicted the rise of a manipulative elite to replace the Christian consensus, a future then that we are living now. He concluded that the only hope to restore the freedoms afforded by following the Lord was for people to restore their individual commitment to the truths of God, that he is real and has spoken clearly and that we are privileged to honor him and spread the gospel. The issue is not how to make the gospel acceptable to the next generation. We have to make the gospel real to the next generation by boldly proclaiming even unpopular truths and by living the truth and conquering the dark influences in the world today. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. 
Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor Program on 89.3 The Key. If you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3 The Key. 938, and it says 48 degrees, but I have a uh, I have a, an inkling that it might be just a hair bit warmer here in uh, in Osage Beach. As a matter of fact, we can find out 54 is actually yeah. where we are. There you go. 69 the high, a comfy 69, as I like to say. Partly cloudy this morning, overcast this afternoon, clouds and 51 tonight. And then we will uh, look ahead to a weekend that doesn't look too terribly bad at all. Very comfortable. Good weekend for that food truck festival that's going to be over the Osage Beach City Park on Saturday and Sunday. Food trucks galore. Vendors, music, entertainment. And hats off to everybody who is uh, putting that together. And uh, they would love to see you out there at some point this weekend. Rain and 58 tomorrow. Looks like uh, an 80% chance for rain tomorrow. So we'll get a little rain in there. That'll be fine on Thursday. By Friday, partly cloudy and 70. Partly cloudy in a comfy 69 on Saturday. Sunday and 65 on Sunday. Then we'll kick off the month of May with sunshine, a high of 66. Sunny and 71 next Tuesday. Mostly sunny and 78 degrees a week from today. So lots of great weather headed our way. As I said, we'd love to have some spring before we dive right into summer. And the latest uh, intel from the Farmer's Almanac, uh, based on what I've heard and what I've uh, read, is that uh, it's going to be a hot one. Yeah. It's going to be a hot one. But what would you expect? Would you be a little concerned if you walked out in the middle of July and there was a six inches of snow on the ground? Yeah. But then, of course, all those climate change folks would be, oh, see, I told you. Yeah. I told you. Hey, we've got that big lake out there. Yeah. It's not going to happen, though, folks. You won't walk out in the middle of July and have six inches of snow on the ground. (laughs) If you do, it's probably because you're in, you know, up around the Arctic Circle or something. There you go. 940 is our time. We continue on with our discussion with Professor Jim Paisley, the true history professor, about equity and uh, certainly some uh, shocking news that is going to change the face of things. Uh, You know, it seems like when we're talking about equity, one of the things that happens regardless of uh, the situation is good people are getting punished. Mm -hmm. So now let's let's look at this for just a moment. Mm -hmm. We're trying to help people, you know, who... uh, want to buy a house right and we're entertaining the thought well actually we're not entertaining and we're going to actually see it happen mm-hmm. where people who have risky or bad credit are going to get some new opportunities let's you know if they've got a proven track record of bad credit let them build their credit right. to the point where it is stable mm-hmm. you know let's let, let let's not just hand them the baton let's make them you know run and and get the baton and and, and pass it on as as you would see in a relay race where they use the baton but the point being is again you're taking people and and saying well you know these people need an opportunity or an opening just like everyone else mm-hmm. at some point you know maybe you were down in the dumps or uh financially things weren't going well for you maybe you didn't have the best job or you didn't have a job and and what did you do how did you handle it to get to the point where your credit score is stable 
where you were able to buy a home, mm-hmm. where you were able to have things that you want and need and you can enjoy it. Let's penalize those people. Yeah. Those people that have worked hard. Right. And it seems to be the case anymore. It's work ethic out the window. Well, I want as I want as much money as she's making. Right. Or I want as much money as he's making. Yeah. And if you're not going to give it to me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shout uh, racism from mm-hmm. the from the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. That because I'm black or I'm Hispanic, that guess what? I'm not making as much money. I will tell you, the one thing that would irritate me as a black person or a Hispanic person was that I'm being lumped into a category mm-hmm. and being used, you yes. know, uh, being basically, you know, because how many people out there have worked hard? How many people, regardless of, uh, of skin color, regardless of uh, religion, regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of gender, how many people? have worked hard to get where they are in life. And so these people that we're talking about, you know, uh, minorities, there are a lot of people that are minorities that have done really well for themselves. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be penalized. It's not we're just going to look across the board and see who's a white middle-aged man Mm -hmm. and go after that particular person. Right. No, that's not how it's going to work. Yeah. Everybody across the board. And this is the thing that people don't understand because – as I said, if I was a minority, if I was black, if I was Hispanic, I would feel insulted yes. to be treated like I'm, you know, like I'm some sort of special case. Because I'll tell you right now, folks, there are white people who do things that are uh, despicable, and there are white yep. people that do things um, as far as you know, trying to uh, defraud the system mm-hmm. or to get a, a you know a handout or whatever. It's not just minorities, and and I think once we look at it from that. particular angle, maybe we'll have a better understanding. And again, there is so much divisiveness. With equity comes divisiveness, and that is the whole point with all of this. And that's the key. You you hit it again, KB, in that the the process here, the political process that's taking place is to pit one group against another. And and there it is. You know, uh, like you said, it's not a color thing. I mean, you have people that are struggling every bit as hard that are, are you know, whites who are living out in, a, you know, a trailer and barely getting by and able to feed their families. I mean, it's it's not a race thing and it's not a sexual thing, you know, as far as sexual orientation goes. That That's what kills me about this. And And, you know, another thing I wanted to say is we talk about history repeating itself. I know that there are a lot of these really sharp listeners we have out there that are thinking to themselves, we did this in, I think it was 2005, 2006. Do you remember the Freddie, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loans and uh, the banks turned around, they were forced to turn around, and give the loans to people they knew that couldn't, didn't have what it, what was going to take to pay it back. Mm-hmm. And what the banks do, they sold them on the, sold the notes on the open market and damn near just destroyed the economy. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are, we're doing it again. Uh, the only difference I see in history repeating itself is it's lumping closer together. Our memory is not very good. The other thing I want to say is, is that, like you said, there's a lot of people out there that have have worked hard to get where they're at. Uh, you know, I'll I'll remind people, I was 31 years old and an unemployed construction worker. All right. When I turned around and said, I've got to do something. I had a, had a wife and two kids. She's a nurse. She'd been working shift work nights, everything else. What did I do? I put myself through school, went back to school. Did my graduate work. When I got out, I held two jobs. 
two jobs, all right? I worked full-time in the construction industry at the same time I was teaching at night mm. and worked my way through it and worked my way up. Okay, nobody gave me a handout, but the bottom line is if you want those other things, which I did. I wanted my kids to have a better life. I wanted us to have a better home. The way you do that is you get off your butt and go to work. And, boy, to say that this in this day and age, oh, my God, that's discriminatory. It shouldn't be that way. I shouldn't have to work two jobs. I shouldn't have to, you know, sacrifice. My wife shouldn't have had to be on shift work and not be there when her kids are growing up for a lot of events because she was working at the hospital. But that's the way it works, folks. That's the way it works. Now, what kills me about this, the Federal Housing uh, Finance Agency director, when asked about this new plan, what she said was, and this just kills me, she said what this plan is going to do is going to increase pricing support for purchase borrowers limited by income or by wealth. For people limited by income or by wealth. And the agency calls the overall fee changes minimal. And said so the moves ensure market stability. Minimal, really. You know, is it minimal to that person that's trying to get a, a refinance their loan or uh, their loan to, to do something for their house or to refinance, buy a new house or, you know, whatever it is, even downsizing to a smaller home, whatever it is. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's crazy to penalize people with good credit and reward someone with bad credit. Oh, well, surely, surely, you know, they, that's all they can do. Well, guess what? Somebody sent me another article, and this one just, I thought, where is this going to end? And it's equity again. Now, this one was on on a site uh, called Liberty Nation, and basically what it did, it was by, by a guy by the name of Ken Ballard. And California, the wonderful state of California, they came up with another one, and this one just is beyond comprehension. Now, are you paying too much for electricity? Citizens in the Golden State may get a break on their monthly electric costs, depending on how much money they earn. That's right. They're going to do the same thing they're doing with the home loans nationwide. In California, well, you shouldn't have to pay that much for your electricity. You don't make as much money as the guy across the street. Yes, it's beyond comprehension. Now, they actually are passing a bill. They're passing a bill. It's Bill 205. You can look it up in California. That requires more transparency in customers' bill while also finding a way to lower them. And basically, the reason they're doing this is because everybody out there is raising hell because they're saying, well, you know, they're going to go all electric by, what is it, 2045? You know, when everybody driving electric cars and so on and so forth. And we already see where they're having a hell of a problem just, you know, with brownouts and everything else. And the electric bills are going through the roof, all right? So, basically, California already pays one of the highest electric bills. Their, their rates are higher than anywhere else in the entire nation, okay? And that's in companies like Pacific Gas and Electric, Okay. So they're trying to figure out a way to, how do we get the electric prices down so we can force everybody on more electric, all right? And this is, gets into this thing and no gas stoves and so on and so forth, right? Now, they want California residents to swap gasoline-fueled cars and natural gas heaters for electric models, all right? But if the power rates keep rising, it'll cost more to plug in an electric car or run an electric range and so on and so forth or have your house all, you know, heated with electricity. So they're trying to figure out what to do. Now, right now, residents pay $0.36 cents per kilowatt hour. 
But if they approve this proposal, it'll go down to 24 cents. And you're thinking, great, awesome. Somebody's got to pick up that additional 12 cents somewhere. Ah, bingo, bingo, all right? So here's how they're going to do it, KB. And this one just, I'm telling you, folks, you can't make this stuff up. The bill is going to be split into two parts, okay? It was $0.36 a kilowatt hour, and they're going to drop it down to $0.24. But in order to do that, your bill is split with the kilowatt hour cost. So no matter how much electricity, you're still going to be paying. You can can use more electricity. It's going to be $0.24, which is a good deal. But they're going to tack on something called the fixed income rate, all right? So you get pay for electric at $0.24 a kilowatt hour, and then they're going to tack on a fee based on how much money you make, KB. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, this, I sat there and looked at this, and I said, this can't possibly be true. Well, the bill itself spills it out. Yearly income less than $28,000. For uh, two of the companies, it's going to be $15. You get a $15 fee, and then you pay $0.24. Cents. And the other is uh, $24 a month for the uh, big uh, conglomerate. But basically, what it boils down is somewhere between 15 and $25 uh, additional fee is going to be tacked on when they drop this down to 24 mm-hmm. okay, for the kilowatt hour. But then it breaks it out. There's a rate for 28 to $69,000. Uh, That's $20 up to $34 additional. Uh, yearly income from 69 to 180. That's you're going to pay the kilowatt hours plus you're going to pay anywhere between 50 and 75 dollar fee every month because you're making more money. And the top uh, yearly income over 180 thousand. It's somewhere between 85 and 130 dollars a month fee that you're going to be charged simply because. You make more than the guy at twenty-eight thousand. So, in essence, yes, it is going to lower the electric rate, but they're going to make up for that because if you make more money, I'm just going to turn around and tack on a special fee so that we can pay for the people who can't afford it. Is there something that you and your wife do every month to keep the electric uh, bill reasonable? Absolutely. What do you do? Well, well we turn around and we don't run the uh, run the air conditioner until we absolutely need it. Mm-hmm. We don't. Uh, we turn off the lights. Or, you know, when we're not in the room, just mm-hmm. the common things. We try to you know combine loads of wash and a dryer and everything. I mean, it, there's a whole list of things that you can do, um, and yet here you go. You know. If if they had this here in 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 Missouri, you you would be paying an additional fee for people who aren't even paying their bills, so that they don't have to pay their electric bill. Now, I don't argue with the fact that maybe some people need assistance. Sure, but I do think that you know if you're going to give people assistance, then you should tell them if you want to keep your bill low then there's certain things that you have to do. You know, just like using any utility, water and sewer, if you're uh, using electricity, if you're using gas, whatever, be mindful of what it is you're doing. Uh, I want to leave the, you know, just turn the light on and uh, maybe I'll leave for a few hours, come home or whatever. So, and I always enjoyed this when I was a customer of uh, Laclede. 
they would show you your monthly, uh, you know, uh, how much electricity you used. Mm-hmm. And I was always excited to get the bill and then look at last year's consumption, you know, mm-hmm. like for July or whatever, and look at last July and be down. And All that right. means you're doing things the right way. Right. Now, you know, I'm one of these people that when it gets hot, I like the AC, but then I also have to consider uh, that I have other bills, other responsibilities financially, and where can I make the cuts across the board? If you don't have the money for groceries, well, then you don't spend the money that you don't have. And and like everything else, and I think it's more or less, if you're going to go to this all-electric game plan, if you want to call it that, (laughs) then you need to make people wary because I remember they used to run PSAs all the time for, you know, turn your lights up, Uh, you know, don't run your your air conditioner or your heater as much, you know, dress accordingly. But now it's like irresponsibility has run rampant. Well, and and think about it. And that's what it all is. Think about it, KB. This is the same thing we see with the home loan thing. You are being disincentivized to turn around and okay, so you're you're currently making thirty thousand a year. Mm-hmm. Well, the last thing I want to do is get a job that pays forty thousand a year because now they're going to charge me more for my electric. I'm not going to gain anything. Yeah. If I turn around and take out a loan, if I, if if my credit rating, if I pay my bills, my credit rating goes up, then I'm going to pay more on on my housing. So basically, and and folks, this ties all the way back to this whole socialist plan, all right? The whole problem that we've seen in history is that, like, under Stalin and Lenin, they turned around and everybody had a job, everybody had food on the table, everybody had an apartment, but everybody gets the same. So no matter how hard you work, no matter what you do, you'll be penalized if you do more than the other guy. You're not going to get anything more. Well, eventually, people are going to turn around and they're going to say to themselves, why in the hell am I working so hard when everybody's getting the same as me? That's equity. That is equity, folks, not equality. Inequality is everybody has the same opportunity to go out there and get two jobs or work or do, you know, to cut back where they need to. Bingo. But instead, under equity, why would anybody in their right mind go out there and work two jobs, work work like a dog, cut back, not run their air conditioner and everything, if somebody else is just going to come in and pay for it anyhow? Right? Mm. Am I missing something here, no. KB? No. And then it causes not only a rift, let's say racially, uh, or however you want to break it down, but then psychologically people start to look at others and say, you know what, um, I have an issue with you or I have a problem with you based on mm-hmm. this, based on that. And you continue that divisiveness that is so very important to governments, federal governments, state governments. They want people to be divided. They don't want people for any reason to work collectively and work together towards a common goal because it would just uh, blow the the whole theory of what we're talking about this morning right out of the water. Well, you talk about the mental part of it. That's a great part in that it works both ways. Those what, what are you doing to somebody in that you turn around and you put them in a situation where they just feel they're worthless and they're never going to get ahead? Mm-hmm. I mean, the bottom line is, you know... Everybody out there has struggled. Everybody has had a, a, a win of some sort. I don't care what it is, a small win. You saved up your money and you bought yourself a car. You're proud of that car. You're proud of yourself for getting it. You've done something. 
Well, what if you don't have that that natural drive, and, and what if somebody takes that away? You work as hard as you want. It doesn't matter. We're not going to let you uh, succeed, and therein lies the problem. Uh, it has a mental impact. After, after a matter of time, people are just going to throw their arms up and say, well, you can never get ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and and you know it's great for the government to turn around and say, well, you can't get ahead because of this guy or that guy. No, that's not it at all. It's these programs that are doing it. I mean, they they are they are disincentivizing the citizens of the United States by saying, don't work hard. You know, the government's here to take care of you. And there you get into the whole issue of the role of government. Is it the government's role to turn around and see to it that you have the opportunities? Yes. Is it the government's role to turn around and give you a handout and see to it that you never work again and never have to work? No. And see, therein lies the problem. And when you look at it from a global standpoint, if all the people who are working know that they're never going to get ahead, you work like a dog at your job, and the guy next to you is going to get the same as you, how good a product are you going to put out? Pilgrims face that problem. Yes. Yeah, remember? Yes. When they said, everybody, just kind of do what you want. You know, some people worked a little harder than others. Some people contributed more than others. Some people, uh, you know, were, were happy to do it, and other people just kind of sat around, excuse my French, on their mm-hmm. asses. And uh, and and just let everybody else do the work for right. You'll carry me because the government says so. Exactly, exactly. And so you know what kills me is that these programs are sneaking up on us. Mm -hmm. And like I say, May first, folks. This one on the on the mortgages is there. Have you heard at all about any of this in the media? I don't. Maybe you've heard about it. (laughs) What a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Where is it? You hear it here, right? (laughs) Thank you, Jim. Hey, thank you. Great stuff this morning as always, and we'll see him back here next Monday at 9.10. Check out his website, truehistoryprofessor.com, for his notes. 89.3 KUI.